You can do it. Yes, you can. I breathe through it. Help me understand your struggle, your trouble. I'll build you up. I breathe through it. You're my buttercup. Welcome to You Can Do It with Bree Pruitt, the weekly pep talk podcast for all the things we struggle with. Coming to you live from the studio in Glendale, California, also known as the tra- traditional lands of the Tongva, Tatatvian, and Chumash people. A uh, shout out and all of my love and energy to all the indigenous people all over the world for Indigenous People Day. Yes, we say fuck Christopher Columbus. We do right out of the gate. Um, yes, Indigenous People Day every day in my damn book. Um, and then uh, also sending my energy to all the Laker fans. Los Angelinos, it's your time. Yes, everyone expected you to win, but this is still something to celebrate. Wow, what a what a victory. Uh, very emotional. Sorry that the cops hassled you downtown uh, after you celebrated too much for their tastes. We love we love it and we hate it. Um, we expect it is the thing. Um, and then also, yeah, just want to give a big shout out to my dentist who I, you know, I came in for what I thought to be a broken filling. He's like, oh, so you have a health insurance? And I was like, yeah, for the time being, you know, in this damn pandemic. And he's like, okay, let's do a crown. A filling, an extra filling, a cleaning, like a, tra- a gum treatment. Like he's like, let's max out your insurance. Um, he rules. He uh, is the best dentist ever. Uh, if you live in the Glendale area, please, you know, slide in my DMs. I'll, I'll hook you up. Y'all, I want to welcome you to this episode. We have a great shout out to you, giving you all my energy, all my love and energy to you in your homes right now. We have a great episode. I am thrilled with our guest, Madison Shepard. She is fantastic, funny, funny person. She went deep with me talking about rejection. Um, and, you know, when a Scorpio, and I don't mean to blow up her spot, and this is certainly not an astrology podcast, when Scorpio opens to you, you know it's real, you know. So I really v- am so grateful for Madison's openness rejection is the tenderest you know and she really goes there and it was kind of like the Irene 2 episode where it's like you know girl you've been working on this good for you we love to see it I love I love emotional vulnerability that's why I do what I do I had an idea after the after I spoke with Madison about how about a a woo-woo way to maybe see the situation I'm just going to share it now because I've I I didn't think of this during the interview, but I just think if you are in a situation where you are um, being evaluated to the point where someone is rejecting you, you know, a great sort of visualization is actually your inner guides are evaluating them. You know, you your inner self is like, do I want this job actually? Actually, is this what's going to bring me to my highest and greatest self? Mm. Oh, no, I don't get the job. Fine. Okay, well, how that works in this reality is is I get a no, no thank you from you, which feels like bullshit and status, but it's certainly not the way things are happening under the water, under the surface. This is what I believe. 
Anyway, I'm sending that energy to Madison, and hopefully she receives it. I may text her about it also. Um, <laughs> you can. It's a great way to get get around uh, sending your energy. If you're tired, you don't want to send your energy, you just text somebody. Anyway, um, <laughs> that is that is the uh, preview for the interview. Please enjoy that. Um, what's going on? What's new? Well, you should follow, like, subscribe. Tell your friends about the podcast and also follow us on Instagram. We're all caught up now. So um, all the episode summaries are on there. You can kind of search around and, and look and, and follow the um, the guests on there if you want. Or you could just start following anew and uh, interact with me inside of my DMs and chat with me. I'd love to hear from you if you've enjoyed the show. Um, it's You Can Do It podcast on Instagram. Check it out. We're also You Can Do It at WBP on Twitter. Do I need to be on TikTok? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I really like TikTok. Do I need to add my voice to the crowds? We don't know. We're thinking about it. Maybe a little pep talk content for TikTok. Um, what's new with me? Well, everybody should uh, feel welcome to <laughs> should should feel welcome to buy tickets for a Willamette Week event I'm hosting on uh, October 23rd. For Willamette Week and Gnome Garden, which is a uh, growery, it's a cannabis brand, in uh, Portland. They are offering some weed to smoke with me, some comedians, Katie Wen, very funny uh, Portland comedian has just been added to the bill, and my dear friend, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, maybe I'll bring Katie on the podcast. Wow, <laughs> exciting opportunities lie ahead. And uh, other things, I've, been, I've just been a YouTube-ass bitch lately i've just been watching a lot of youtube um it is not radicalizing me don't worry it's not that kind of youtube getting a lot you know it's, and i talked uh, with madison about it on the episode a lot of we a lot of <laughs> a lot of reboot your life uh youtube like how to get ahead in the mortgage game and also um just um vegan cooking channels i i love cooking channels i love um sola el wali from uh originally from bon appetit it was very dramatic she got um she left bon appetit she was not being compensated for all these video appearances now she's well sought after youtube cooking celeb um we love to see it but i'll tell you what vegan vegan and this is a mini rant extra preview rant we always start the episode with a rant this is just a tiny mini preview rant that vegan YouTube is trash. Vegan people, there just are not a lot of trained chefs that go vegan and that on that deal in, in vegan content. What there is is a lot of animal rights people or health fitness people who are trying to be chefs professionally. And honey, ah, you just it's just rough, you know, when someone's sautéing some chickpeas and they, they're like, okay, well, we're out of, um, we're not using bacon in these chickpeas, so we're just going to swap it out for some lemon. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, you guys. And I'm not saying, like, it's not always stuff like that either. It's just, like, random vegan nonsense. You know, heck, if, if you guys have good um, vegan cooking tutorials hook it up i have a i have a blended household my me myself i am flexitarian uh heavily flexitarian my teammate is uh is not he's fully vegan so you know just trying to just trying to do some family meals around here and it's rough because these stupid vegan cooks don't know how to cook they're putting i watched this lady salt the skin side 
of a butternut squash that she took off anyway. What do you do? She put a bunch of black pepper on it, too, on the, on the outside of a butternut squash that she did not eat. It's infuriating. I am. Okay, that was a mini rant. The other thing I've been watching on YouTube is highly recommend the Hollywood Reporter, THR, has a whole channel where they do roundtables with actors, directors, producers, writers. And they have a comedy actor panel. They have a, a dramatic actor panel. They have Oscar-related panels. It's just a bunch of panels of actors. And I got into it. My entry was because I got on a real Shia LaBeouf kick. You ever get a Shia You got on a LaBeouf binge? And YouTube got me into these roundtable conversations. Well, there is one with Shia LaBeouf, Robert De Niro, Adam Sandler... <laughs> Tom Hanks, um, Adam Driver, uh, Shia LaBeouf, and oh, there's one. Oh, Jamie Foxx. And and there's another one with Will Smith and Mark Ruffalo. And we love, we love male actors talking about acting because (laughs) there is a major gap in my life of men talking about their feelings it's just not something I get to see I talk I experience women talking about their feelings a lot I don't have a lot of men in my life who are doing stuff like that and I need it I need it it's very good and it's very um hot we love to see cute boys being cute with each other about emotions and about work that they're doing and how they, they say like I'm, I was honored to do that a lot it's trying to be very humble I mean it's huge egos and sometimes it's it's rather odd it gets really odd Robert De Niro and Shia LaBeouf share like a very interesting energy and they're talking about politics and it's very weird and Adam Sandler is sitting right next to Robert De Niro and Adam Sandler is very clearly saying like it's not my job to denounce Trump, buddy. You know, like, it's very weird. And and Robert De Niro is like, no, it is our job. And, like, and it's also, like, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm kind of like, guys, we don't, this is not you. But, um, yeah, it was, it's very, very good. So that kind of brings me into my rant. Um, and my rant is, um, yeah, I'm so mad that there is no cute boy, a.k.a., like, boy band-esque content for adult women this rant is so it is so deep in my bones I'm I may have already done it it please uh, tweet at me if I've already repeated this rant but we need more cutie pie boy content for women for 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 het women I mean we, we need it for for all people who need cutie boy content but what I'm referring to is you know I need manufactured content to get my blood pumping but not but I do not want to see a penis at all no that's not guys that is not part of it abs are not even really a part of it what I need what I the boy band content I need is boys looking at me you know I need eyelashes okay I need smiles I need cute cute smiles I mean I actually I don't I think this is completely gender like uh, people of all genders need this which is 
content of whatever gender or all the genders that you're attracted to, like of just people not being sexual and not even being like sexy or romantic, but just being so cute and giving you compliments and listening to you. And they just do not make that kind of content for adults, right? You, 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 if you're a teen, you can find BTS any, any, in any platform you please. And they're winking and they're kind of being funny with each other. And they're being sweet. They're very affectionate. Do you guys know BTS? They're so affectionate with each other. They're very like close, tight, and they're dancing together all the time. Yeah, dancing, that's another part of it. I need to see dancing. I need to see cutie pies dancing. Um... I need to see singing. I need to see them sharing like in a tiger beat kind of spreadsheet. I want to see like their headshot with like facts about themselves that they want me to know. So they're opening and sharing with me. I need and the, uh, visually they're trying. They're trying hard. They've like frosted their tips and they like put an outfit together. That's actually a big part of it. They put an outfit together for me to enjoy. And it's not just me. It's just like it's for it's for my gaze. Okay, that was the rant. And that is OnlyFans. OnlyFans, but G-rated for adults. Okay, that's so that is a rant, but it's also a plea to any um <laughs> to any kind of uh, developers, app developers, or cute boys who want to send me, like, don't send nudes. Like, I absolutely do not want, if I see a penis, I'm going to be very angry. And then, you know what you're going to get? Another rant about dick pics and unsolicited dick pics, which are absolutely uncalled for. Okay, that was the rant. And to balance out the rant, we always do a pep talk. Oh, yeah, I'm going to cut this short because Madison's episode is very long. Okay, we got to go. We got to go. So the pep talk, very... um quickly for me is that I've been doing shows uh, stand-up comedy uh, online occasionally and I did stand-up comedy today and I had I'll tell you what I did a pretty good set it was a corporate show I would have invited you but it was a corporate uh, show that I, I was um, being compensated for so you know sorry gang not for the public and I did my little set did my little song and dance I did great I think so I, well I don't know they they are not laughing and you know all I know is I will be compensated and that will be good but I uh, was juiced you know you get the juice you know comedy is a lot like uh it's a lot like sex you know really where you you're it's an exchange of energy and then you're all keyed up afterward and then you smoke and then you you know eat a big meal and you go to bed and that's <laughs> what are you guys are you guys not uh having is that you're not your sex cadence uh yeah it's it's a it's a very juicy and so I had this like really uh rough come down <laughs> it's like coming down from a rough drug so I did the zoom set and then I was just alone in my apartment it was very very sad kind of feeling but also just like I didn't know what to do with myself and I just ended up like kind of pacing around my apartment like a lunatic um and that's and I didn't get any compliments. You like to get compliments afterward. You know, not everybody. At least one person. You figure you're in an audience. They come up. You're not like, hey, I liked you, and I say, okay, thank you. And actually, I don't know what to do. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, but that's uh, that's the thing I'm missing right now. And it will return. Okay, so what I'm gonna say is like, you know, it's a pandemic, Bree Pruitt. You're doing you're doing Zoom comedy in a pandemic. Of course, that's gonna be tr t tough to deal with. And then I say, um, yeah, it's not your fault. And uh, you're doing good. It's good that you're putting yourself out there and doing a Zoom show. And even though it's not 
all the way good. Like it's still okay. And that's true. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for, for that. And putting some magic on it would be, well, I could, I could give, well, I did what I, you know, need to do, which is like, um, you know, you get a little treat after the show. Maybe you get to unwind a little bit. Maybe you get a little marijuana cigarette. Okay. Uh, maybe you get, uh, you know, some free time to, uh, watch some bad television as a treat. So that is uh, good self care. Those are good resources and some magic. Is that um, performance will return? I will just say that to myself. Live performance will return. It will. It is on. It is indomitable. Indomitable. Uh, performance will return. Okay. Uh, wrapping this up. We got a, a tarot card reading for you. Uh, always pull a card for my good and gentle listeners. The card that I've pulled is, the, well, it just appeared out of my deck. The Hierophant just leapt out of my my deck. And the Hierophant is a card that is, um, it's about the you know, kind of religion and spirituality and clergy. So I was like, hmm. And then I pulled another card and it was uh, the Moon Reversed. And the Moon Reversed is about illusions and deceptions. And there's a lot of illusions and deceptions happening right now. There's a lot of misinformation and confusion. So I think, you know, this Hierophant card, I think it's about transcendence. We're going to try to transcend all this misunderstanding, all this misinformation. Use your earthly knowledge um you know to get where we want to go that to the holy you know ahead ahead and sort of do what we me and madison talk about on this episode which is to use your inner guides to kind of shine the way when things are so murky wow what a great transition um before we wrap up i usually mention astrology even though this is not an astrology podcast no way is this an astrology podcast i don't have the knowledge i don't have the background i don't have any math skills which we all know are very uh, important to astrology no 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 but i do know that mercury retrograde is about to begin and it's going to go the whole dang election it'll be over on believe november 4th this sucks vote now okay i did it uh, the ballot thing says they have my ballot. Oh boy, here's hoping, here's praying, here a fant, here our prayer, and everybody enjoy this episode of You Can Do It with Rebrew with Madison Shepard. And we're back. I'm joined by my guest, Madison Shepard. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here. I'm very grateful to you for joining me. I am so thrilled to be here. I'm feeling blessed. And we've known each other for some time um, through stand-up comedy. I remember you as a plucky young comedian <laughs> uh, visiting me in Portland, Oregon, my ancestral home, to do stand-up with Danielle. Did you even stay with me? Yes, Did you stay I slept on your floor. Ones? Yeah. Do you, wow. do you remember? It was the day that Prince died. It was me, Robin oh Morrison. Oh, my God. Like, what a day. Oh, yeah, Robin Morrison. Yeah. Robin Morrison caught me on the phone with my, uh, well, with a family member and I had a huge emotional breakdown in front of her, and that <laughs> solidified our friendship. And um, that is a great memory that to bring back. Wow, yeah, that was right before I moved to LA. I'll tell you that if you're oh. gonna have a breakdown in front of anybody, Robin is the best person to do it. She's she so trustworthy. She didn't even tell me about it. Like that's how. Like wow, I didn't. Beautiful. This is the first time I'm hearing about it right now. So <laughs> yeah, she was like no judges. She she's been through a lot of therapy. She'll she, she's it. helpful. I love her energy. Yeah, I, love, I love Robin so uh, much. 
to get her on here too. But um, yes. yeah, you've been doing stand up for some time and you recorded an album recently. Plug the damn album. Um, I have an EP. The goal was to do 15 minutes last year, a 30 minute album this year, and an hour next year. But, you know, that's not. But, honey, <laughs> the, the virus, she had other plans. Rona said, girl, actually, let me stop you there. <laughs> <laughs> so I have an <laughs> album out called Goodnight Silver Lake Lounge, which you can listen to everywhere um, that you listen to comedy or you can buy it on my album. I mean, my website, sorry, uh, which is themadisonshepherd.com. Yes. Fabulous. And um, yeah, you've been responsible for so much cool L.A. comedy and 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 we're just thrilled to have you here today on the show. Oh. Where can we um where can me and my listeners show up for you on these social medias? Well, I'm trying to quit Facebook. It's the okay. nastiest um, addiction. You know, I I kicked booze, but I can't let go of Facebook. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> <sighs> well, booze was not uh you know um developed by a bunch of 20 year old white bros from the bay it's true um you know As, although they might so. tell you otherwise but yeah sure they like they love to take credit like to take credit where it's not due um <laughs> no you know you um yeah you can find me on instagram at madison underscore shepherd if you like instagram or if you're more of a twitter person you can find me on twitter at madison shepherd and those are my my two cute it feels like there on was the a website. time when we had a ton it feels like there's always like a Vine or a TikTok or a Snapchat or some place to find us, but some place. Okay, honey, it's the time that I ask you the question: How can I build you up, Buttercup? Oh, you know, Brie, the biggest sort of, and I think here's here's the truth. Um, I think this is an issue that I've been dealing with pretty much since the day I was born, but. Um, I think that it is one of those like life lessons that I'm like having to work through and learn how to manage and, and sit with and deal with and, and be okay with. And that is reject rejection. I feel like, you know, um, not to get heavy up top, but there was a lot of rejection when my, by my family, when my mom first brought me home, uh, cause oh. she didn't tell anybody that she was 26 with a half black kid in Texas. Like they did, she didn't mention it. She just showed up to Thanksgiving with a fully formed baby. Um, so they, <laughs> wait, she didn't mention you. She had, a she baby didn't even tell all. them she was pregnant. Like, wow. so yeah. So, you know, th some members of the family reacted kindly. They go, are you bringing a side dish? And she goes, yeah, I sure am. <laughs> a scoop of cute, a whole, a whole arm, a, load, bowl. a bowl of cute. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, some family members embraced me with open arms and Ugh. some tried to have her institutionalize and me put up for <gasps> adoption and all kinds of yeah. just cause I was black. So related to a lot of problematic whites and some not problematic whites as well, you know? So I think like when that's your story coming out that is given to you also, of course, my dad wasn't around. So it was just like a lot of big rejections and also like smaller ones. I think that everybody experiences like not being accepted by the kids at school, not feeling like you fit in, not feeling like I, sometimes I feel like there's no place for me in my chosen field. Like I feel rejected a lot by the entertainment industry. So it's like one of these things that I've been like really kind of looking at and journaling in the pandy, you know, <laughs> 
trying to trying to come to grips with it uh in there and like yeah so i think that's sort of it in a nutshell rejection now as it relates to sort of your career and all these no thank yous that we get Oh, if you're lucky, you get a no thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you're lucky. Hey, I got a no thank you today. I was so surprised. Oh God, that, it, it's horrible, but it does kind of feel it, good though, right? I, I thought, what an honor to get a no thank you on this modeling gig. I feel like a no thank you also means like, um, like it can mean like you were in the running. If they tell you yeah. no, it means that you were enough in the running that they felt they needed to say something to you. They put my whole name really? in the no thank you email. I think was I it, was in the wrong. Was it spelled right? It was spelled right. Oh my right. God. I know. I am I'm bragging at this moment. Um, <laughs> but um, okay. So w- would you say specifically that this is more about, I mean, I, I love that you're finding the root of it already. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way you experience this like kind of rejection problem today, is it mostly as it deals with your career? Yeah, I don't feel a lot of, I don't feel rejected by my community or my yeah. friends or um, my family. Um, I feel pretty loved and accepted as I am, which is crazy as the day is long. You know what I mean? Just like loved as, as is. Um, but I definitely, I don't see, I don't hear anything crazy about that, <laughs> but go on. But I think there's like, there is just like this thing that you, I, and I think comedy helps with it too, right? Like rejection of the industry and the, like the audience, like bombing is kind of a rejection of like the joke, you know? So in general, yeah, I guess like the industry slash comedy slash everything else related in between. Okay. All right. We have Madison's struggle. We'll be back in a moment for a deep dive. Mm. And we're back. I'm here with Madison Shepard. Um, she's sharing with me about the rejection feels about um, how that manifests in our chosen careers as comedian entertainers. One thing that's really interesting, you know, you have an acting background. We mm-hmm. were just talking about acting versus stand up in this in this pandy in this core. I've never heard pandy before. I think that's so funny. I saw it somewhere on the internet, and I, it's my favorite. <laughs> I want to hear a um, a is it future or amigos that did panda with pandy? <laughs> Get on it, Weird Al. Make it pandy, pandy, um, pandy. Yeah, pandy, pandy, pandy. Okay, um, so with acting. Were the no thank yous different? Did it feel, you know what I mean? Like, and because I was just thinking about it, like you don't really bomb when you act. You certainly can feel like a disconnect, mm-hmm. but it's not like anyone's like, boo, next. <laughs> <laughs> next monologue, please. <laughs> They're like, actually get her off the stage. Um, Richard the third, let's get Richard the fourth out here, huh? Uh. Um, I think like with acting, the rejection is in the audition process. I think it's in the process of trying to get reps. I think rejection is uh, uh, felt. um, I, you know, I say rejection is kind of like a blanket term, but it's just like not getting the yes of whatever. Like you, I think even though you can't like bomb in the same way that you bomb in comedy, you can bomb as an actor. Like, I think you can bomb by, um, 
you know, if you're not, if you build the, the scene correctly, you should hit certain things at certain points. And if you don't, it's kind of a, you're failing. You're not really yeah. telling the story the way that you're supposed to. So I don't think you get the direct feedback, but I think you definitely get the, uh, what, what is happening? <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly, but no, no. Um, yeah, I was just remembering my acting days. And as soon as you get in a cast, um, you kind of, it's kind of just warm snugglies. Um, I mean, even if it's a rough rehearsal process or like, even if, you know, some director is, is really grinding you, you still are like a member of a team and you're in this thing and we're all, the show's the thing, baby. You're in a company. Yeah. You're in a a company, the literal word company. Love it. I love a company call. You know, I love a company call. would kill for a company call right now. Would kill. <laughs> yes. Also, company doesn't even mean that you're on the on the boards. You know, you might be stage managing yeah. or, or whatever. Or, you know, when I was in an artistic company, it was just like, what am I doing? Oh, I'm doing craft services. Great. Love to be a part of something. You know? Yeah. Marketing. It could be a company call is just like everyone who's working on this show up, show up and yeah. set up. Let's talk. It's all business. I love it. And it's all like to working towards the same goal. It's just company strike, though. I'll skip it. I, the best way to deal with a company strike is literally to just walk around like you're busy and walk Ooh. with intention. Me and my friend Catherine Walsh yeah. used to just like anytime we did a show together, we would just. Oh, Kat, actually, I'm. can you meet me over there? I'm going to need your help. And we would literally just walk around the theater looking busy sometimes ducking into the restroom and then coming out separately yeah. and it's always like oh can you help me carry this yeah okay so and so would always bring food <laughs> um and that always makes you a hero when you have lunch for those of you who don't know strike is when you take the set down after a play has ended or or a film right yeah but it's the worst i mean it's like it's worse it's very bad that's not what we're made to do you know what i mean like <laughs> we're stars we're stars yeah my hands are so soft and don't know how to build anything, you know. Our, my hands are so soft and expressive. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, let me get more granula. Is there a recent rejection that is fresh, fresh on the wound? Yes. A fresh sting. Yes. So um, last week I was up for a writing job Um with a very big uh, media company. <laughs> mm. It was Disney. I don't know why I tweeted about it. I don't know why I'm being like fucking no. cagey about it. Um, well, you're right. They're everywhere. You know, you got to be. I know they're, li they're listening to the zoom right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I, anyways, like I wasn't, it was one of those things. I think it, it, the worst kind of rejection is when you, for me, it's when you weren't looking for that job. Like I didn't yeah. apply for it. They came into my inbox saying, hey, we're interested in you. We're pitching you to network. Will you be able to travel to help us make this television show? And I was like, absolutely. And I'm like, you know, <clears throat> thinking about how I'm going to pay off the rent debt from the pandemic for, you know, myself and my mother, how I'm going to, you know, fix my credit, pay off some student loans, maybe get my teeth fixed. You know, I just I go to that place now where it's like getting a job is less about my ego and more about just the commerce of it. And so um, this one hurt because I didn't want the job, really. I didn't ask 
to be considered. I was found uh, by referral and it just, and they also weren't going to tell me I didn't get it. I had to follow up with them to be like, so is it a no? Mm. (laughs) Um, So that one stung. I'm a little, I'm better about it today. I mean, basically a few days have passed, but it was a little bit rough. You know what I mean? I think it's just like that, like poor kid stuff where it's like, I'm like thinking about like how I, how the money of it could, could help my family. And I am just like, Oh, well, I guess it's back to being on EBT and unemployment. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, there's a glimmer of hope and then there's not anymore. Okay. I'm so sorry that happened. I hate that this is your struggle. I absolutely fucking hate it. And I especially hate that so much rudeness came with that. Like what what we were talking about, how how how, how rare a no thank you is in this business mm-hmm. and how is but especially when people come in with the urgency. Yeah. I cannot stand that the urgency is not met on the back end. Oh yeah. You know. Not at all. Um, yeah, I hate that this is your struggle. Um, I hate that um, not only are entertainment jobs, you know, kind of few and far between, but that we're in this. Okay. I always take the macro. There's a lot of macro here. And gotcha. the macro view of this is that, you know, it's shitty that we live in a system where we can't be artists unless we hit it all the way big. Yeah. All the way. You cannot paint by numbers at this with this job and find success. It's not like working at a mill or starting at a school. Um, it's, it's, there's just no way. And, um, beyond that, you know, you are, yeah, you, you're, you're bearing the weight of, um, familial, you know, um, struggle and, familial rejection of your past and like none of that is yours or your fault and you know you're a you're a sweet angelic blessing to your family that you're helping you know but it shouldn't you know it shouldn't be yours to carry there should be leadership assisting us and if we were norwegian there would be god i think can you imagine yeah oh my god i i'm in a youtube hole right now i don't know how my algorithm found out i needed a youtube hole a youtube sorry a youtube okay not not the band but that would be fine too but this is more like we move here's how we moved to sweden we bought a house for ten thousand dollars and two acres of land i absolutely love um there's which which one are you doing exploring alternatives that's the youtube channel i, I like. love exploring alternatives it's so good <laughs> i, love I exploring like never too small have you do yeah you, never too small i mean i'm just like yeah look at that if i could just get together three hundred thousand dollars to buy a 200 square foot apartment in los angeles 100 <laughs> percent the truth and and also my struggle um yeah love exploring alternatives love to think about th- selling all my stuff and buying a bus yeah um, one thing I have talked about maybe on the show before is that through my research, I have found you absolutely cannot live in a bus or in an RV in any part of Los Angeles County mm-hmm. or surrounding counties. They have criminalized living um, in a in a car or an RV. You can live in a tiny house on someone else's property, but it's very highly regulated. Mm-hmm. What homelessness ep- epidemic Los Angeles. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, and people will report you too. I mean, there's definitely yeah. some comics who like lived in their car who would like get kind of harassed by 
um, the police for just trying to sleep, you know? Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so I hate all of that. Um, you know, you work so hard. Anybody in this dang comedy scene has seen, you know, so just all of that. I hope you don't, you know, hold any of that static where it's like, the work is happening. You're doing so much work. You're writing and doing stand-up and going to auditions and calls. Uh, you know, so anyone just, I guess this is just for the listener, anyone who believes that, you know, perhaps somebody who hasn't make it isn't, isn't working hard. We, we fucking are. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, it is a full time job on top of like, just trying to make it. It's a lot easier if you have finances in place to like, <clears throat> You know, there's a lot of, I, I, this is something I definitely struggled with last summer as well. It's also part of the reason I think I, I got sober because I just needed to have all my faculties to like show up to do everything I needed to do. Um, yeah. But there is, when I start thinking about like people, I'm trying to release this resentment against people with means, but there is a different experience of your career um, and some of the people who I know who are the most successful from like my high school, my arts high, or like my acting conservatory are all people who come from money and didn't have to work full time as well as try to make it. And so there's just all this added pressure, you know what I mean? And so it makes it that much more hard. Most people don't have money, you know? I think it's so beautiful that you're working on that resentment because I fucking hate rich people, but I want to be one of them. It's so <laughs> fucked up, Brie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I always remember that what we think of as rich and what these people have in support. You can't you can't have, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to your name and tell your child, yeah, go ahead, join the arts. You don't do that. You you know, you may ha you might have, you know, two hundred million dollars mm -hmm. and tell your child to go pursue the arts. I'll tell you what, I went to the dentist this week oh. and my dentist told Yeah, I know, fancy. Um <laughs> I mean again, that's a different strata of, of fanciness right now. Yes, I was able to go to the dentist, which was nice. Um my dentist um told me that his child is going to be a sound is studying sound engineering. And he said, but I told him he has to also study dentistry. So even dentists are not allowing their children to pursue the arts right. is what I'm saying. Right. It's not enough um, income in his opinion. No, he's not wrong. Although once you do start making money as a sound engineer, you make so much fucking money. It's wild. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't think so? I guess, well, to me, it's a lot of money. You know what I mean? I know a couple who are struggling. Okay. But right. All right. But yes, yeah. but at least it's like engineering, like, um, you know, like our, our theater background, you know, um, a lighting designer probably has a lot more business opportunities than actors, you know, yes. or, or. I made more I money know. in theater stage managing than I ever did acting in plays. I bet you're a great stage manager. I was really good at it, but I, I had to stop. I stage managed a lot of like, um, like a lot of play, like got probably like 10 plays altogether, but I didn't want to be known as somebody on that side of the table, so to speak. Yeah. So I course. had to stop because, yeah. but you just like, even as recently as like this year, I went to give a, 
uh, to take two because I, w- I was helping um, I was working on the team for Shelley with Sharp's um, one woman show and so I was fun. like well obviously it's not it didn't happen I love her oh, she's so fucking funny she's so funny so I was like touring theaters here in LA and like it's so like a good stage manager is so hard to find that when they saw me like I literally had like one of the theater owners go like hey are you looking for some stage management work we could all and I'm like sweetie that was like 10 years ago absolutely not we're not there anymore you miss me you miss like no (laughs) amazing um okay so getting back to you my dear um how okay so you were gave me this specific scenario of where you were rejected and it just sounds like I mean one thing I wanted to grab is that all of your you know, your thoughts about what would it mean for you to get this job? Those are things you should already have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's and it's not any fault of yours or anyone in your family that you don't, you know, you don't have um, financial stability in a pandemic, frankly. Like, you, yeah. you should have those things. And so, like, for your thoughts to go there, you know, just... It's not that you, 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 you lost out on these things it's that you know I mean there's got to be a part of you who hopes and knows that you know this is how society should function with my like basic needs being met Mm -hmm. and and so and 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 so I know that you didn't even really I mean it's not even that you were you were rejected from the work it's like you were rejected from getting your you know you you lost your this this need you know that you're that you're trying to fill yeah it's it's the I lost the hope of god even for a couple months we don't have to work so hard like I can keep my 60 year old mom at home and not working you know postmates or whatever in a pandemic because I'd like her to meet her grandchildren one day like it's it's unfortunate like that that is kind of the weight of it's literal it's survival it's so life or death right now like I think it's always kind of been like this when you're you know uh poor folk but um it's even worse now the, the, I think the discrepancy between people who have and have not in this country is just growing by it's just such a huge divide. It's widening. Yeah. And, and most people qualify as poor, by the way, in working class. Right. Like it's not just me, you know. Um, and if you think you're rich right now, guess what, honey, you're not. You're not. You think to think to yourself, honey, with your, you know, listener, with your salary right now, would you like your children to go into the arts? Yeah. <laughs> or do you want them to get a backup dentistry degree you know if you answered backup dentistry degree then guess what you're part of it you're part of the proletariat yeah and um and what's the future going to be like when we can't when we can't we don't allow our kids to go into arts so this is this is really big is that you have had a lifelong commitment to being an artist and a performer i've had a lifelong commitment to never having money that's correct Okay, well, let's abolish that phrase, right? The secret, Oprah, you know. It's true. Let's manifest it. I used to also believe this. I also used to believe that it was a vow of poverty. And I took it to, like, a very faith-based place because I am, you know, spiritual Mm -hmm. woo-woo, religious. And I, you know, I think being rich is a sin, actually, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sort of. And um, 
you know, so I I think this is you know this is very beautiful. What where where do you think that comes from? That you just knew what you were gonna do so early, or and when was it? Where you you were a teen, right? Yeah, I mean, I my parents met. I met. I'm the product of a showmance. Okay, my parents met doing a play. Oh, so it's like I've always sort of been involved in the arts. Like that's how I was raised. I wasn't what example. One time in my late teens, I was like, I'm going to quit the theater. I'm going to go to international business school and become a business person, not knowing exactly what that is. And my mom offered to disown me for quitting the arts. So I think it's like, I think it's like part calling and part um, just the, the, society and community that I grew up in um I also think that there are you know I mean to get a little missy woo woo are we're we're on this earth to learn lessons and to um grow our our souls and I think you know there are some some this is gonna get real weird but tell me before we come through to to this current earthly body i think that we make a choice about the things we need to learn um not everyone i don't i uh, maybe this is gonna sound bad no this is what i believe but it's like i think that like you know there was something when i was picking where who my mom would be and what my life would be like when it's like okay but i need these lessons to grow my soul um and I think that some of my bigger life lessons I am learning through my work in entertainment. So, and and that is to say, I, I haven't had a smooth life. You know what I mean? I don't think you get out of this life unscathed. There's been a lot of deaths. There's been a lot of abuse. There's been a lot of hard times, but there've been a lot of really wonderful times. And so I think that it, my commitment to working as a performer and in the arts is on some shit that I can't quantify and I don't know why it just is it it, it, it is and so I I have ceased uh I've I've quit trying to fight that and just come into some sort of acceptance about it. Well, I think it's always a good um l- lesson not to resist the great pull, the great flow of the river of whatever is moving through you and moving it through your life. Mm -hmm. I fully believe we decide what we need to learn before we enter. And I, I think all people do that, but some people forget, honey, Mm -hmm. this is what I believe. I mean, and you know, there's even in the stuff that is fucking horrible and terrible, that people go through, right? Mm-hmm. Genocide, um, all sorts of, you know, murder, abuse, sex trafficking, sex, all of this. Yeah. To some level, there's lessons in it for us. And it's, it's how do we deal with these complications and pain in our life? You know, those become our job, right? To heal, to like come to terms with in some ways. And yeah. I fully believe this. And and I think you have a huge head start because you see your job as healing and not just moving on, which so many people do. Like, man, I really got knocked down. Time to just move along. But you're you're trying to process the nature of rejection and so this is a huge 
um, gift that you have, I think, dear. And I, you know, having known you for some time, I think like it might be a turbulent moment, but the fact that you're meeting it with such grace is inspiring. It's beautiful. I'm in awe. I was telling my friends last night, I was with, um, <laughs> I was with all my Dans. So Danielle Radford, Danielle <laughs> Perez and Danny Fernandez, we were all hanging out together and I was telling them, it's like, you know, it's such a weird thing because I can't explain it, but I have a vision and for my life, I can see it when I close my eyes, I know what it's going to be but I don't see the path to it sometimes. Like sometimes I like don't understand and I don't get it. Like, so in one way, losing out on that Disney job, I'm like, oh, well, this is a natural step towards the vision. Like there's something for me. But then I'm also like, wait a minute. I don't really want to work in children's television. I don't really, this isn't the type of job I really want. It doesn't really suit all of my skills. It's variety TV as well. So I'm really kind of a bigger storyteller than like a short, uh, not that I can't obviously like that is something that I'm capable of and I do for pay whenever they let me, but it's like, I don't know. Like I was hoping that that was going to help make the path clear and make sense towards my, you know, highest good to my vision for my life, but it wasn't. So it's just like, now I'm just waiting again. You know what I mean? Like what's the next you know, step. It was very heartening to have my manager call right before <laughs> this podcast started, even yeah. though it was very rude of me to take the call. No. But, you know, I look for signs like that. I look for, I ask the ancestors and the guides to help me guide my steps and protect my journey, honey, toward, towards my highest good. I say it daily, multiple times a day. What is for what me? Do you say? I say, ancestors and spirit guides of the highest vibrational um, energy uh, guide my steps and protect my journey towards my highest good I mean bitch I'm really out here in a vibe this is this is is what we do here at at you can do it it. you're like I love some ancestral work baby it's like you came to France speaking French bitch we love it um okay okay protect your steps and guide your path yeah I love that and I want to say that that needs to be the mantra every time you get a no thank you right yeah you know it's got to be a thank you you got to meet it with a thank you ancestral guides yeah I'm trying I'm I'm trying to get to to that point where I can be like you know, it's, there's always, there's this idea that like a no is actually like a yes. It's like, okay, like it's a blessing, right? Like it's a no on this thing, but it's a yes to something else. It frees you up to do something else. Maybe that for whatever X, Y, Z reason, that job wasn't for me. I maybe would have gotten sick. I maybe would have put a strain on my relationship with my boyfriend. Maybe the money would be fucked up and I I wouldn't get paid on time or whatever could I would get, it would, I would ruin my reputation as a writer by being a fuck fuckhead on set. Who knows? Right. Who knows what that outcome would have been if I had forced it or you get Matt Lowered in the, in the back. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, I'm trying to get in. I, I, it takes, 
basically I I'm, I'm doing the work to like put myself in that space to be able to say, thank you for not giving me that job. Yeah. But I'd like that refractory period to be shorter. It should, I don't want it to be like two weeks uh, of me being like, you know, sad. Like what is for me will be, what is for me will be (laughs) like I, that mantra. Right. But it's like, how do I shorten it? The refractory period. Yes. I don't know. (laughs) Do you deal with that? Like, are you, when you get rejected from something, how do you, what is your process? Because it takes me about a week or two to kind of cool my jets from it. And then I don't, and then I forget about it. I'm like, oh, what? Oh, I forgot I applied. What? (laughs) That kind of rejection. Okay. So one thing you said at the very beginning which is that you were like, I know that this feeling I feel from rejection comes from a root source, my original rejection Mm -hmm. from family based on race, based on uh, unmarried and all of that stuff is, you know, sexism, um, maybe surprise and maybe hurt that they were you know left out of a decision of left out of a milestone of someone's life you know tradition tradition I guess um you know and and healing that root source is going to improve any residual feelings of rejection my root is I don't know why, but I have a really strong boundary between personal rejection and professional rejection. And I don't, I don't know where, why, I don't know why I, I, in my like romantic life, I take all romantic rejection as this, as original, like mom, mom and dad didn't love me kind of reject, you know, it's all the same. But if it's on, if it's on my work, um, I don't know why it doesn't slip in there. I have a really, um, I have a really strong sense of identity as a comedian and as a performer too. And your work is also personal too. It is really personal. Like you're, you're sort of like me in the way that like you write from real stories and events from your life. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, usually something I'm very mad about or very sad Uh, about. Those are usually the hottest jokes. You know, Madison, now that you mention it though, every once in a while, you know, back in the day, it's so hard to remember bombing now, but (laughs) remember bombing, remember bombing. And then, you know, I, I, you know, and I'll tell you what, I don't bomb a ton. I, I don't mind telling, I'm not boasting here. I'm just like. I keep it pretty tight and I keep it moving. And if, you know, I've been doing stand up for long enough now that if something's not going well, I know a few ways to just kind of pull the, pull the nose of the plane up and get out of there. And I don't internalize it after 10, almost 11 years of stand up, you know, and I think that's part of it. But I, there have been times where I've been on stage often like a storytelling type situation. Yeah. (laughs) If that doesn't go well, I have felt this, that OG rejection, abandonment, worthlessness, like you are um, 11 and your body is bad and no one loves you and you should die. And that has come up after a show, you know, before. So I, I definitely relate. And I know I, you know, not from this specific thing, but I, I, I definitely relate to having a modern, contemporary trigger 
of the oldest pain in your body, the oldest pain in your story, perhaps in your generation, in your intergenerational chain, Mm -hmm. Um, because that is something that gets agitated too. And as you said, I do believe it's our job to heal it out. So know at least that the work that you're doing in this moment is healing your mother, your grandmother, mm-hmm. you know, all the all the people who want only greatness for you and greatness for themselves. Um, if you can meet any rejection by saying, you know, I'm I'm worthy and I know that what is for me will come. That's really big. And I hope that you have someone or something, you know, like not therapy, but like someone who or it may, perhaps therapy or someone who is a touchstone to tell you like, you're really making some progress with this. It's strange because like sometimes I can get the that message. I think that <clears throat> that message comes through in different ways from different people. But I mean, you know, I don't really I don't have I mean, my mom's pretty good at it. Um, my best friend Kat is good at it. Danielle's great at it. Danielle Perez. Um, but. It's like such a strange thing, especially like when I think about that, like how my granny wanted to be a writer and how she used to write sketches or skits as she called them for her church. You know what I mean? And like there is this my father also tried to be a famous actor, but career didn't really go where he wanted to, I guess. But um, my mom as well. So there is some stuff where it's like. Am I in this generation going to achieve the dreams of the people who came before me? Is that why I'm like, pay- I, I I don't know. There is something of that, I think. And then I'm like, or will it be children that I have? Will I have children? And will they be the ones who accomplish that thing that I also wanted? I don't, I don't know. When you said before that you have, you know, when something doesn't go right and you... Or, or, or rather, I, let, let me rephrase the way when you said like, oh, I had this vision of like, maybe this would fix my debt and this would fix X, Y, Z. But you told the Dan, the Dan's <laughs> that you were like, I didn't see this for myself. And like, I didn't I don't see how this is going to shake out well for me and um, blah, blah, blah. Do, is is it is it is it possible for you to like think that things are going to shake out with without you having a clear vision of how it's going to look I mean I know it's good to visualize what we want um do you know what I mean yeah I have no way I mean and and I think the proof of that is like I didn't anticipate becoming a stand-up comic or that I would like you know do things like write for the Emmys or something like I I didn't like see those yeah you just worked on the Emmys I did for about two weeks Ah. um (laughs) I was in the first team of writers um that's awesome yeah it was it was fun um hard but fun challenging in in a lot of ways because it's like a lot of pressure because this is it was a weird Emmys it was a very weird Emmys yeah um but I think my fingerprints on there somewhere. So hell yeah! Did you make Jennifer Aniston use that fire extinguisher? No, that wasn't me. I <laughs> I was that was like the best. I was like, what did you think was gonna happen? Lysol Truly. is flammable, and they're stars. I mean, they're not. <laughs> he sprayed so much Lysol. It was a lot. I was shocked that it didn't actually like catch combust. Yeah, like catch something else yeah. on fire. Like. Wow. Was it Jennifer Aniston with the Yeah, it was Jen, Jen, she like yeah, couldn't yeah, yeah. get it. I was like, "Guys, what is ha- What? <laughs> I mean, 
it almost was really funny. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's so that's wonderful. I mean, you know, I don't anticipate, I didn't see these things for my life. I didn't necessarily think I would have a stand up right. album out that I would put out myself. I didn't think that was coming, but you know, life is full of these surprises. And sometimes we get to have the thing that we always wanted, but it doesn't look like, like the way you want, like it. how I wanted it. So I think I, I know that, but the vision that I have for my life is, you know, I'm a, pr- I'm a pretty strong manifester, you know? So I, yeah. it's, I'm open to it looking different, but it's kind of like you and your guides and your ancestors. You used ancestors and guides, so I'm just going to use both words. I use both, interchangeable. They're important. Okay, so your ancestors and guides and you all need to be, you're on different pages. And because these ancestors and guides are a little mysterious, you're never going to be able to see the full blueprint, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you are the homeowner and they are the architect and they are going to all these goddamn city council meetings. They're seeing the zoning people permits are happening Mm -hmm. and you're like, what the fuck guys? What do you mean the permit fell through? Right. I really wanted that greenhouse. Yeah. You know, and it's. And it's it's quite mysterious because you're not in on these meetings and you're not a part of it. And they're and they are not really. But in this metaphor, they're dicks and they're not looping you in. They're not CCing you. Yeah, I get like I'll get snatches of like flashes of of what the vision is, like what's to come. Like it does. It does happen occasionally, but, um, you know. For example, when I was a young person, I think I I wanted to perform every night. I wanted to perform every night and I wanted to be able to be on stage. And um, I thought that was going to be through theater, but I didn't know it was going to be stand up that I would literally get to perform every single night. night. I didn't know that then. So I'm open to it being different. Let's just say that. But yeah, at sometimes it's like, come on, guys, this isn't what we yeah, what we working towards. But okay. But I'm going to tell you a magic moment of my own. I love which is this. That. Please. Good. I had a, a spiritual healer when I was in my early 20s who really helped me with my depression. I was so, so depressed. And I got a job uh, when I was 21 years old working at a karaoke bar. I was a karaoke jockey. I was a karaoke jockey there for 10 years. But when I first got the job and I told my spiritual healer, she goes, oh, and I go, oh, is this good? She's like, yes, you're going to get this job. And I see you stepping into the light. And I did not understand what that meant. That sounds scary. I know. A- yeah, it's ominous. Death. Yes. But what it was, and that I now know, is I would go to that karaoke bar every night, and I would turn on the lights, and I would set up the microphone, and I would I would create a theater in a corner of a bar. I mean, that is essentially what a lot of ragtag performers like you and me do. If you run a mic, if you run a stand-up show, you create a theater space. And that is a sacred, it is a sacred doing. If you work in the legitimate theater, you know, people don't eat on the stage, you know, Mm -hmm. it is so sacred. People don't say certain words on the stage for superstitious reasons. And we won't do that here either. We'll keep those words. mm -mm, We are not saying those words because 
I'm on an expensive computer. We don't yeah, want this. We don't need any shit to go bad down. juju. No Scottish plays here. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so so I created this, you know, sacred theater space in the corner of a karaoke bar, and I would create a, you know, a, a literal pool of light, and I, my own self, would then step into it and become the person who ran and so what this job really gave me over the course of a decade was experience doing that creating a theater space and then stepping into it as a performer it gave me experience holding a microphone and speaking into it which is its own skill set and you know just sort of um learning how to use a microphone and use your voice um it was all part of it it was all part of it this journey and and for her to be like, I just see lights. I just see the you, the spotlights, you know, was such a good um, predictor. And I didn't understand for a decade about what that job was going to mean for me, what it was going to mean to me as a, a performer and a, a public person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love those flashes. It's the vision. You know what I mean? That's what I mean when I, I'm, I'm talking about the, the vision. It's like stuff that I don't, it doesn't. It's not, it's clear when they're sending those visions uh, to me, to us, I think they're being very clear, but we are just convoluting it (laughs) with our own stuff in some way. I mean, because it's not like our ancestors give a fuck about capitalism or how, you know, or health insurance, you know, Mm -hmm. and those might be the most pressing things in our lives, but do you know what I mean? Like that's that's why I think it's it's a different language. You know, we we speak um, this this value language in America in money and, and in contracts and time, and I just don't think that ancestors and guides speak that same language yes. because money is a tool of the living. Yeah, only. yeah. So, what um, what grounds you in faith? What do you mean? In your flashes, if you're seeing, because if you're, if you get a no thank you, and then you, you know, were able to get into your faith and be like, oh, no, 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 I see it. There's something else, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, I mean, I do a lot of meditation and I do a lot of like mantra work, you know what I mean? Yeah. This year, especially I've done a lot of work on, um, cause that's all I have. You know what I mean? I don't have yeah. any other guarantees. I mean, the, a big mantra for this pandemic is is that I love money and it comes easily to me. And mm. my family is going to survive this and come out better. That that that's the language that I've I have to kind of cut the the static in my mind of like, oh my god, yeah. but. I don't have my unemployment check and my mom hasn't gotten her unemployment check. And actually we're not hearing back about the EBT card and like, how will we eat and how will we pay rent? And they're going to cut off our cell phone bill. And how will we be able to communicate like these, you know, I have to kind of, if I don't interject those thoughts with positive words, I will sink and I'll fall apart, you know? Yeah. So I guess like that's kind of the work is like, yeah and talking about it you know you're being meditative is going to really help you monitor your thoughts the next time a rejection happens and you're in the refractory period you're going to be like focusing on all these thoughts and what i will just remind you is that you know your your checks 
all those things, it's not, I mean, I, it is a part of your life, but it's not a part of the rejection. You know, it, it, it's, it's not a part of how, of, of your journey to get, you know what I mean? Like your plan is not dependent on the balance in your bank account right now. It's going to go down how it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like though, like the pressures that you're facing, it, it might exacerbate how the rejection feels, but it's not part of it. Yeah. Um, I have a mantra for you. Oh, I'm going to write it down. Okay. That's how like interest. I love, I love a good mantra. I thought, okay, normally my guests don't give me the topic in advance, but you gave me a little taste of what you were going to talk about. <laughs> so I started researching and what I thought you were going to talk about more was jealousy. So I was researching oh, more jealousy. I'm definitely a jealous ass bitch too. I have so much Scorpio in my chart, you know? Yes, I know. <laughs> I don't want to, I didn't wish to blow up your spot, but we, <laughs> we know. We know. What a jealous hoe. And that's, well. It's part I of think- the rejection too. I actually think Tauruses are actually the most jealous sign. <laughs> um, but I think you're I not lying. Think, <laughs> but I do think that Scorpios are always digging deep into the darkness. And for you to be doing this deep, dark work, you are perfectly set up to be doing that. And like I said, you're, you're going into deep generational biz. Mm-hmm. Biz and shiz. Okay, so the mantra I have, because this is like sort of my jealousy mantra. Yes is my choices did not equal their result. And, or, or, so for, for just a rejection, I would say my choices did not equal, did not yield this result. If you wanted to work for Disney on a variety show, you know, you would have made different choices every step of your career. My God, isn't that the truth? Wouldn't you have? Yeah. I was going to share um, a thing. Probably wouldn't have uh, posted a video of me ululating at the president getting COVID. You know what I mean? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Probably this would use the word cut a little bit less. <laughs> I will share it with you this, which is that I I love Saturday Night Live. I've always sat, loved Saturday Night Live. And I would love to be a member, a cast member on Saturday Night Live. I would love it. I would absolutely love to be a writer featured player all of it Mm -hmm. ask me the last time i've written a sketch bitch it was years ago i do not write sketches in my free time joyfully i don't even think um i don't necessarily think that way comedically anymore i think it's you know that's that's training and something you know you you exercise like do these stand-up um reps that we were talking about do do your exercise Mm -hmm. um and and that's because my my I'm not on Saturday Night Live because my choices every day do not yield that result. Mm-hmm. We would have done different things, you know, to get those things. So, you know, um, if if it now if it would be tricky if all of your choices did line up and you are still rejected, mm-hmm. in which case there is a time to find your faith. There there is a time to connect with the ancestors, the guides. Um, where that, then you're like, um, guides, excuse me, ancestors, is this thing on? Because I was making all the right choices and I still didn't get this thing. Happened with a late night set. I'll tell you that much a couple of years ago. Boy, oh boy. Damn it. Good. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a real mind fuck that sent me out on a a journey, honey. 
But I wasn't doing that work, this work then. So, so the, the other thing I was going to mention about this, like jealousy piece is that, so I read, <laughs> I was reading about jealousy to prepare for this because it's so, te- it's so, um, you know, touchy and, and personal for me too. Um, and I was reading the Harvard business review. Ooh. Oh, sources. I like a site. Uh, <laughs> Ivy league. And they said that sometimes when you dismiss what someone else gets because of luck or privilege that, and which as you and I know, luck and privilege, just two handed, um, you know, two handed fork of the entertainment Listen. industry. Nepotism, I tweeted this out a couple of years ago, but it's hard for me to take totally. your your Emmy win seriously if your mom paid your rent your whole life. You know what I mean? Woo! I'm bitter. What can I say? Woo! I have I have some resentments about money. I have that's my work. Sorry, that's your work. Um, so when we dismiss a person for luck or privilege, we might miss the valuable information that comes with their win. Mm. So in and this is not about jealousy anymore, but during a rejection, you know, if someone's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this romantic because romantic rejection is more um, is more relatable for me. I get it. <laughs> okay, I have a lot so of that too. Somebody, so yeah. <laughs> so if somebody was like, Bree, I don't want to go to the prom with you because um, I'm already going with someone else, and it's because you're fat and ugly, and I would, you know writhe in pain for months but what i would miss is like oh this person values beauty and and thinness they're not for me then right right but if i was just focusing on like the the rejection like i'm bad then i would miss that this isn't actually that good of a metaphor if i were up for a job and you know I think it's easy. Okay. Okay. Here's the shortcut. I think it's easy to think that the reason I did not get this job was because of the reasons that I think I shouldn't get this job. Whereas they, there may be other things going on. I mean, there, there likely is other things going on. I was just explaining this or talking about this with Danielle yesterday or one of the Daniels. I mean, God, there are so many. Um, they're, and they're so wonderful, <laughs> each in their own way. They all are very good. I don't know Danielle for Fernandez very well. She's but awesome. I, she, she's really, she's really that bitch. Um, I love her. But you know, casting, for example, this is something I yeah. learned when I was working as a writer's PA on a Tracy Oliver show last year. <clears throat> uh, when they went to do like chemistry reads with everyone and screen test. Oh, so uh-huh. their chemistry between casting right. like actors. So they will uh-huh. bring all of the actors who are up for the boyfriend and all of the actresses yeah. who are up for their girlfriend and they'll start pairing them all off. It's a very arduous process. The bigger the ensemble is or like a, if they're casting a family, making sure that mom, dad, children's grandma, everybody looks like they could be related or they have the same energy. So they are in the same household, whatever. Do you know how many people have an opinion on that? On this show, for example, there was... It's an Amazon show to be on Amazon. It's a co-production between Amazon, Universal Television, NBC. Then we have two different showrunners casting. We have network execs from all of those various um, media companies, as well as, um, you know, there, there's just anyways this is to say like it's probably a hundred people it's like so many people get to win, and like those are just part of the people 
who get to weigh in on that right. casting decision. So it's like so much of it you don't have control of. And I think the easy thing is to say as well, you know, I, I didn't get this job because meh, everyone else is. A or you center yourself. <laughs> yes. But it's not you say about it's, you. It's because of me. I had a pimple that day. You know, I just felt I off. Was, I felt off. I, I, I was stuck in traffic. Um, my I, my breath know. was uh, my favorite. Yeah, my my. my my favorite actor, like, oh God, my breath and thought just weren't connected. I mean, I'm such an asshole. Do you know what I mean? Imagine saying my that in earnest, journaling about that, about my, I mean, the pages of journals I've wasted about my breath, emotion, <laughs> thought connection. Honey, is she trained or is she trained? <laughs> oh, just so annoying. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's heavy training. It's very dumb. I, I don't know about, I don't even know if my, my breath and thought connection has ever been um intact yes it is i can tell you as somebody okay, who watches you on stage with oh, before the pandy you know with some frequency <laughs> yeah i hope uh, yeah hopefully i can get my breath and thought connection back on online um yes okay so that's this is very good uh to remember um during casting and you know i'm sure writers rooms are ca- you know in the same Similar. way i don't know every every freaking person i've talked to um at a general has said yeah we'd love to look at you for writing it's really hard to staff a writer's room because so many people have their say Mm -hmm. um that's what i keep telling myself when i get rejected it's true though i think you're very powerful and you can do anything (laughs) (laughs) brie i hope you're right (laughs) you see it you have it you have it in your vision. I mean, it's just not clear and the path is not clear. The path isn't clear. I don't necessarily again, it's that like quote, you don't need to see the whole staircase, but take a step out in faith. I just know this. Like I I've never heard that quote. Oh, it's like um I think it well, they say it's Martin Luther King Jr., but who knows? <laughs> Could be anybody, but like you know, you don't have to you don't need to see the whole staircase. You just need yeah. to take one step in faith. And so yeah. I think that's what I do. You know what I mean? I think that's, yeah. that is, you know, mm-hmm. when you're driving, mm-hmm. I, I just use this metaphor on the podcast recently. When you're driving, if you look right in front of your car, you're swervy, um, swervy, curvy. But if you keep your eyes on the horizon, you're going in the right direction and you have a divine calling. So, you know, follow that call. And when a rejection comes up, comes up, you know, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to take you away from your path. Your path is your path. I mean, that's what, that's what I'm hearing also is like when you have a rejection, it, it might be a painful experience, but I'm not getting any indication that it's throwing you off or I don't, I mean, it might impact your mental health, but it's not making you make different choices, is it? No, I mean, there's been a lot of times when I've thought about quitting, but then if I think about quitting, then I'm like, oh, well, then what else are you going to do? I mean, it's a lot. Chrisella uh, Alonzo put this in her book and I it really resonated with me, which is like a lifelong dream can take a lifetime to achieve. You know what I mean? So that's sort of my thought. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just... I'm digging my heels in. I can't tell if I'm delusional. I can't tell if I am just doing 
trying to win out of spite. <laughs> you know what I mean? To I'll show you, I'm going to be, you know, cause that's definitely the kind of people I come from who are like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, when I'm famous, uh, type of uh, conversations. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't, I can't tell you, uh, but it, 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 I, I don't quit out of foolishness. I should in some ways, like I don't no. on, on paper, I don't have a lot of reason to believe that this is going well or working out but but that's why I think that something else is going on yeah like you there is a divine call and there is like you know perhaps the creator before you were born was like laying out these challenges if it is even even if it's just that even if it's if you're just meant to do stay committed to this pursuit so that you've learned so much Mm -hmm. through pain you know I think you believe in that process yeah you believe that you are destined for lessons, um, if not a this specific career path. Yeah. Um, I hope that you will continue to find that you know that shining pearl that that you know that perfect um, call. That you know. Okay. One other one other meditational. You know, Do I need to take a note? No, I'll take no a notes note. are needed. No <laughs> notes are needed. So get into a, you know, at some point, get into a meditative state. You know, go, go deep. Um, the way um, one of my spirituality teachers said was, you, you know, meditate. Um, imagine that your feet are deeply rooted in the ground like like a tree's roots and that your, your head is in the clouds and getting energy from the sun and you've got that circle that, mm-hmm. you know, and ask yourself, what, what are you for? What do your ancestors and guides invite them in? What are you for? What would you fight and die for? And I bet it's exactly what you're doing. I bet it's exactly where you're focused now. And if you can return to that, you know, every, that divine, that divinity in you, that div- divine future for you, um, every time somebody knocks you off of what you perceive to be your path, um, you know, know that that calling is, is still ahead of you. And you must, yeah, you must trudge ever, ever forward. Yeah. It's like that song, you know, to live the impossible dream, you know, Mm-hmm. No, I don't know the oh, song. It's Maybe if you sing a little more. No, uh, I won't, because <laughs> um, I don't remember all the words right now. But it's from uh, Don Juan. It's a musical. Somebody will. Yeah, it's in a. I I'm familiar with it. Um, in a musical setting. Man of La Mancha. Excuse me, oh. Don Juan. I think Ooh. that's the name of the character. I don't know. Uh, yes, the Man of La Mancha, the story of. Somebody. The man who chases windmills and can't see very well. Mm-hmm. To live the impossible dream. <laughs> it's a very good song. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Your thoughts are going to collect. Your thoughts because of your past are going to cloud any. Your memory of that of that divine light of your divine destiny. Mm-hmm. And and. There are ways, you know, that you're you're in touch with to to stay reconnected to that. 
but it's really, really fucking stupid and hard that there are so many external pressures for you to feel away before you can reconnect with that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to cut through it. Okay. One more, one more woo-woo gift, which is, you don't write it down, but... Okay, um, I'll just re-listen to this episode and think about it. Yeah, I'm just, this is actually just for your ancestors and guides, and, and, and your ancestors and guides, okay, okay. So, because you're, you're a super Scorp, yeah. do you know that I think that Scorpios are all, um, you, okay, so, like, I think Scorpio is actually the, re- rules the region of the deep, deep ocean, mm. where fish and creatures live where they have never seen light before Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's why they're so and that's why i believe that scorpios are pervy because um if you lived amongst all that weird shit you'd need something weird to get you off too you know yeah yeah, absolutely so yeah great no (laughs) no i'm co-signing it okay great (laughs) scorpio approved stamp um so I, I do believe that I'm I'm ask I'm asking your ancestors and guides to cut through the murk and the mire and to dive so so deep to where uh, Madison is swimming toward the light toward her divine vision and um and to supply Madison with those flashes of divine destiny when she needs them. Yeah. Yeah. You can ask them for that too. Well, I have to be careful because, you know, they're very intense. Um, Are they? Yeah, I've been scared by trying to do some ancestral work before. So we've had to have a lot of like, anyways, it's neither here nor there. But don't be scared. It's overpowering. Like, I mean, it's it's a lot. Um, But no, I believe that Mm -hmm. these invisible forces have your best interest at heart. Yes. And I think there's a lot of love there for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just, I've been asking lately just like to show me what I need to know today also, you know what I mean? Like, what do I need to know today about this, yeah. about X, Y, Z thing or whatever? Yeah. It's just, I think it's very interesting times that we're living through. And again, you know, my mom has been talking to me a lot about like, there's something about the fact that we're all living right now in this day and age and with our life circumstances, living through this particular pandemic with these particular political situations going on, like what are the lessons for us? Where's Mm -hmm. the joy for us? And can we also, because I don't know if you've had this, but I've had a lot of like stuff from the past surface and and, and demand to be faced, to be discussed, to be, you know, broken apart and looked at so it's like there's all these like kind of larger themes that are going on that it's like we I just need to be present for them and so it's just a very strange time with a lot going on not a lot happening but a lot going on you know I'm so proud of you <laughs> for meeting all of these things. I mean, you're, cause you're absolutely right. But you know that some people are sleepwalking through this. Uh, that sounds fun. You know, I, 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 it really wouldn't be, you would be, you would be bored and you would be losing your full mind. If you had all the money you needed right now and you weren't facing these things that you feel called to face, it would be a, a very different experience, but you're doing the work. This mm-hmm. is what you're being called to do. You're listening to it. Yes. Journaling, meditating, trying to stay, keep those mantras, keep the vision, you know, 
not to get super okay. Christian, but you know, faith of the mustard seed, you know, that type of What's shit. What's faith of the mustard seed? It's like, you know, faith of the mustard seed. The mustard seed has no reason to grow into that big ass tree that it becomes. It starts out really small and then it fights through the dirt and it springs a little leaf and then it becomes this huge tree. Mustard trees are very big compared to the tiny little seed. So you have to have that faith that like you'll grow as big as the mustard seed tree. And you've already grown so much, my little mustard. <laughs> it's true. Sour, tangy, mustard. <laughs> Pungent. <laughs> Good on wieners. We'll, we'll make this damn sandwich. <laughs> Madison, I don't feel like I've contributed too much, but you have already done a lot of work here. And so I will ask you, do you think you can do it? Yeah, I don't think there's a choice. How about that? I mean, this is, I know that you don't feel like you've done a lot of work, but talking, I've been journaling about this and talking about it aloud to somebody else sort of helps me understand kind of what is happening. There's a lot going on. To focus on minimizing the pain in the refractory period of a rejection. I think you can do that. Can you not not get rejected anymore? No, No, this is not what you're asking me. You know, you you shared a struggle of, of, of how to mitigate the pain of the rejection. Mm-hmm. And I think you're already doing it. You're, you're staying mindful in that period. You are appreciating all, but I think you do need to figure out what is external, which is all of these money ass pressures. Mm-hmm. And what is internal is the an- ancestors, the guides and your divine dream vision for yourself. Calling. And just keep, keep the in, keep the inner, you know, and release the external. Yeah. Because that human, that human shit's noise. It's not for us. Yeah. And also, I find that it also sometimes just works out. You know what I mean? Like it, those are, sol- those are short term problems that have s- solutions, right? Like they get, they get sorted out eventually in whatever way, sometimes for good and sometimes for bad, but they yeah. get sorted out. The other yeah. stuff kind of lingers, you know? spiritual and well, emotional your, well your calling is always going to be there it's always yeah. going to be you know it might not be super clear about what it is but you're you're, you're going to be called to do something if you keep returning to um you know that that internet yeah definitely all right my love hmm. this is wow. great we got Good. deep <laughs> we did get deep i love thank you for bringing something so real and you know i i, I know that we are in this you know, funky industry where rejection is abounds, but I know everybody feels rejected in some kind of way um, through their day to day life. If you work at a bank or whatever, if it's personal, if it's professional, um, it's romantic, so which is you. so painful. Oof. Yeah. So painful. Yeah. That used to be my big one. Mm-hmm. I Me just too. Felt always rejected. Me Ugh. too. But things, things change. That's the good news. Yeah. yeah. And we're boot up and we can <laughs> worry about other kinds of rejection right now. Boot up. <laughs> you know <laughs> um i love you very much thank you for joining us and being in community with me i love you thank you for having me this was this was very insightful and i don't think there are mistakes and so i think it all i'm receiving and i will listen yeah. again so i can make sure i double get the message you're on the way you damn mustard seed you're you're poking out of the ground you don't even see it but i do as a friend who's known you for some time um, I'm going to end the podcast now. Uh, do you have anything else to say to the good and gentle people? I love Brie and, and oh. do everything that she says. She's she's smart. She's a good one. <laughs> okay. I end the podcast by singing the very end of End of the Road by Boys to Men, oh. which you are welcome yeah. to drop in on I will. if you would like. I will. 
And now we've come to the end of the road. And I can't let go. It's unnatural. You belong to me. I belong to you. Thanks, Madison. Thank you.